0: Today we're talking about a topic that is very new and dear to our hearts, which is how do you effectively assess yourself? How do you assess your body for imbalances? Why do you do it? How do you do it? And what should you do? Stick around because we're talking about it today. What's up, everyone? If you haven't met us before,
1: across the table from me is my brother, Rad Bullmeister. To my left is the... Superbolous Phil White. What? <laughs> and uh, behind the mic is Richie, the voice of God, and I am Yanni Bormeister. Together we are Unity Gym and the Unify Movement System. Before we get started, if anyone is new to the channel, if you're new to the replays on YouTube, if you're new to the podcast, we put links in the descriptions for our blueprints. They are the biggest secrets, lessons, call them what you may, that we've learned over the last two decades of our own training and coaching thousands of our clients you can download them for free they're a world of knowledge bombs Uh, guys how are we doing today
0: pretty good great yeah pretty good it's a um interesting topic to talk about because this is the this is the one that we would want to talk about the most yeah i know i'm so i'm super excited
1: that we did a poll and the overwhelming majority, uh, 41 to 26, uh, voted for this topic. And I'm like, oh, giddy up. We can we can uh, talk about this all day long.
2: Yeah. And if you haven't voted in the poll, still do it. Like, it's really good. And, and feel free to put suggestions for things you do want us to cover because, you know, we don't just sit here to listen to each other talk we do it to help you guys figure out stuff so yeah please put um you know suggestions in there for what you really want to know because that will definitely inform what we do
1: and i'll get rad to unlock the suggestion option so other people can
0: do it other than us it's
2: Shouldn't. It is, yeah. really? No. Yeah. yeah, Vinny got his topic in there.
0: Yeah, I wrote that. Oh, he, yes. he wrote ah, it. Yeah. Look, I don't know how to do it, mate. Well,
2: leave a comment. If you can't do it, leave a comment. And we'll
0: yeah, like there. Vinny did, and we'll, we'll put the, we'll put it in there for you. Right.
2: Got <laughs> it. That
1: was our intention. Anyway, before we get started on today's topic, a question's come up here that I want to uh, quickly address from... A new member of the tribe, welcome Lee Kirtley. Lee is a BJJ Black Belt uh, competitor and he's looking to improve his flexibility and he's asked the question, what program would be right for him? Uh, and and that's very easy to, to answer, the, the one 100% straight up answer to that question, Lee, is the Flexibility Masterclass will be the ideal program for you. The 18-minute mobility routine is an entry level into flexibility for people who want to do like a daily routine that's gonna make them feel better and produce uh, a little bit of a result, whereas the Flexibility Masterclass is specifically designed to really level up your flexibility in in your whole body. Uh, Now, the second part of the question is what has me concerned. And I think it will have all of us concerned because it, it, it sort of falls short of, um, th- there's, a, there's a lack of understanding here of how the body gets flexible. And what um, Lee's said here is he's tried a couple of things over the years, yoga for BJJ, some hyperbolic stretching program from Facebook, which we've seen uh, advertised. I have no idea what's in that program and what it's like, uh, but it seems to do okay on, on the advertising um, on social media. And he says, I'll be honest, nothing has seemed to show results quick enough to keep me pursuing it. I gave both of them four to five weeks and got bored. Now, this is a this is this is why you're not flexible my guy uh the flexibility is 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 not about lengthening and we talk about this a lot and this is why I want to answer this before we get into the question uh before we get into the topic of today flexibility is not about elongating muscles it's not about uh making yourself more elastic it's about breaking down the brain's inhibitors it's about Um, proving to your brain that you are strong and stable in end ranges of motion so that it allows you to access more and more of those ranges of motion. And unfortunately, the reality is that that doesn't happen in four or five weeks. It can take a lot longer than that to see an initial result because if you're working with a very strong foundation which it sounds like you are as a BJJ black belt you're going to be a very solid person I'm assuming, you're going to be very very strong, uh, you're going to have a lot there for the body and the brain to adapt to and adjust to. and you're just gonna have to give it a little bit more time. Now, I would love to sit here and bang the drum that our program is more superior to everything else you've tried. And I probably do believe that. And I'm sure Rad believes that and Richie believes that and possibly even Phil believes that. But if you give our program four or
0: five weeks, I'm sorry, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna do anything for you. Um, I didn't get a breakthrough in flexibility until six months of dedicated training. And I'll tell you why our program is better than hyperbolic stretching without having ever seen it. Because it advertises bullshit Yeah. because the front end marketing campaign, it says get the splits in four weeks. Yeah. What a fucking load of shit and it pisses me off. Yeah. It's as fucking good as these dipshit programs that we're getting around 10 years ago telling people that they could lose fat in 30 days. It's yeah. a fucking joke. It pisses me off. It makes my blood boil. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and heard made, exactly how rad felt. It's making people sit here and think, oh, I tried flexibility for five weeks and I got nowhere. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. It's so, it's so shit that people that are flexible are peddling that bullshit. Man. Yeah, if yeah. get flexible. It's forwards.
1: very, very true. You got to understand the process of flexibility is literally, it's, it's so much more about what's happening in your central nervous system than it is what's happening in your muscles. The muscle spindles and the muscles are sending signals to the s- central nervous system to, to sort of suggest that maybe this is dangerous and to re- re- contract and not let us go there. And you have to spend enough time in those positions and build enough strength in those positions. So you need to be training In a combination of lengthening and and tensioning those muscles under load and under in length in the lengthened position, to achieve greater flexibility. And and depending on your background, depending on your history, most of the time athletes, elite level athletes, are the slowest to adapt because they've spent so many years developing tightness in their joints. uh, That yeah, it's going to take a little while to unfold, but trust me, it does happen.
2: You want to add anything? Yeah, which I think is like. Excuse me. A good thing like we want a body that is resilient and not going to be just like massively impacted by like small things i've been um i listened to a really good um sort of explanation on uh kind of the most current like understanding of how manual therapy and massage actually affects the body and it's something that i've always kind of found really frustrating with people's un- like thinking the way that massage works which is again along that sort of like elongating and changing the actual structures you're working on like just imagine if that did happen like you would if you sat in a chair for like you know 10 minutes or uh you know an hour or eight hours like we do all day like your body would morph and change to these like the pressures being placed on your body it's the same with stretching like if we had a a if you could do like this eight minute hyperbolic stretching routine and suddenly your like pelvis would be going into positions it's never been before like that would be massively detrimental (laughs) to like the stability and kind of structural integrity of your body like our body adapts slowly because that's the like best way for it to do it because once you get to the like your sort of ranges and positions and you've got like strength and and as a bdj person like yeah you you don't like your body to go (laughs) easy brother yeah (laughs) like if it could suddenly be like you know change you you would be a you'd be torn apart like you'd be
1: be (laughs) tapped out every time you jumped on the mat mate so and and so I want to reinforce, though. I want to reinforce. Like I watched the UFC on the weekend, and I got a lot of friends who compete at really high levels in BJJ. uh, And uh, we got guys that train here and that uh, do BJJ. We got a brown belt, a a national champion um, in his weight division. And you gotta understand, like it is a great thing to do. I watched a guy on the weekend in the um, in the UFC. fighting under the Covington, um, uh, card, get his arm, Mm twisted around into a into a 360 which what we would call really good mobility uh here where you you know we do shoulder dislocates and things like that here where we train it under load yeah this the guy the guy was his opponent was trying so hard for an arm bar and uh, an oma and he couldn't get it the guy's shoulder was just too flexible and he just rolled around it and and that's what you want man so flexibility is certainly something to strive for but you've got to give it more than four or five weeks like that is That is not even... A, 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 a blink in the eye of what we do here. We Our guys turn around flexibility in a year. I've seen mm. insane results produced in 12 months yeah. from yeah. people who walk in with sti- like really, really Barely stiff- Barely
0: being able to touch their toes yeah, to and, getting and, and very flexible. To
1: getting I- incredibly flexible, you know, and strong at the same time. You've got to be developing yeah. strength and flexibility. So
2: yeah, it looks like you're on the hunt for a magical project, program that doesn't exist and you need to deal with like, you need to take a step back and look at like your motivation because- yeah. Yeah that's that's the thing yep. that's going to change
1: and, and, and what rad said about that hyperbolic stretching program is absolutely true i didn't want to go there because i just don't like to slag people off but the way that dickhead advertises that program saying that you can get from a, a crappy middle split to a full balls to the floor middle split in four weeks is charlatan and he said
0: and and he, he shows a picture of him of him so it, I've seen multiple ads for it and it's the same guy. So I'm guessing yeah. that's the dude that does it. I've also seen the same guy. It's yeah, the it old is, guy it is, in yeah. Shaolin Monk outfits. Yeah, And it says before and then after. And it shows him before where he's about this high off the splits and then after on the splits, same yeah. four weeks. What a load of shit. That guy's done Kung Fu for probably a decade or two. Yeah, you know, like really since pit- childhood. But, yeah. but the
1: other thing is that the middle splits is a terrible, terrible way to advertise flexibility, because there's so many limiting factors in the pelvis that can prevent someone from getting a true middle split. Anyway, let's
0: let's not go any deeper into this because it's not
2: the topic of the day. Welcome, Lee, and welcome
0: to the- uh, (laughs) the bitch session.
2: But also welcome to the Lee Club, so many Lees. Yeah, 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 absolutely, (laughs)
1: big shout out. And and we love BJJ here, brother. It's a brilliant movement practice. So it's great to have a black belt, someone of your caliber in the group. Uh, I'd like to hear and
0: see more of you in future. So, to today's topic: how to assess your body for imbalances, uh, requested by the people and answered for the people. Why, how, and what? So, why assess yourself? For,
1: first and foremost, we want to really frame why. Yeah, and, why? and this is this is um, something that's what very said, personal right? to me. <laughs> and the reason the reason why we have the assessment is really because of it, it stemmed from my history at, of doing the wrong thing and really, really messing myself up. I I joined a gym. When I was about 19 years old, for the very first time, I was heavily into boxing and I had got to a point where I was so skinny and tall that my coach suggested I go and try and put a bit of muscle on because I was like a strong wind would have blown me over. Uh, I was very fit and I did what every young boy does, adolescent. They team up with the mate that knows the most about the gym because he's been going for a few months and you kick off to a gym without any sort of instruction whatsoever and we did... That bench press, bicep curls and lat pull downs for about two years, it, like three days a week. You know, there was nothing else. There was no structure to it. There was no balance, no concept or notion of, oh, how do we train uh, agonist and antagonist muscles, front and back of joint, opposing muscle groups, things like that to stay in balance. And naturally, what you can expect happens over a few years of doing that. I, uh, I really messed my posture up, I really messed the function of my shoulders up. I ended up really rounded in the shoulders because it's sort of married to the boxing posture, which is that you want to roll your shoulders forward a bit to increase your range and, and, and tuck your chin under. And yeah, you know, it, it, was a, it was detrimental to my health. and then eventually I started going out and getting into partying and uh, I, got, I so, sort of started to get interested in break dancing. Uh, not that I was ever good at it and uh, I got into doing a little bit of acrobatics and one night I did a backflip on the dance floor and and uh, it, my shoulder just did, was not structurally capable of taking that sort of load and I completely destroyed my shoulder um, and so yeah it's very very near and dear the concept of training without balance is really really detrimental and the problem is the psychology around especially men especially men because women what they tend to want to do is build booties and building booties, it's kind of hard to mess your body up working on glutes, you know? A lot harder than w- what men work on, which is the mirror muscles, biceps, abs, and chest, because all of those muscles are part of the flexor chain. They're all, they're all muscles that can internally rotate your shoulders and, and, they, they, and they can all really uh, stuff up your posture, you know, and, 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 and affect the ability to do other things, uh, uh, to be athletic you know, to be well balanced. And so uh, that's the first reason why it's super important to assess yourself. And there are different levels of assessment that we're going to talk about here. Um, There's three different assessments that we do. You could throw in a fourth if you considered pathology part of that protocol, which we used to do, but we don't deal with really unhealthy, overweight people anymore. So we don't uh, uh, prescribe it as much anymore. But yeah, from a basic level, if you run at something really hard, and you fail to uh, assess yourself along the way, you will create imbalances in your body. You have anything to add?
0: Uh, I would simplify it much more than that. If you're not assessing, you're guessing. Well, so, yeah, yeah, that's... that's If you're... Um, yeah, if you don't... Uh, well, we're talking about why, why assess? Because if you don't, you're guessing. If you don't assess yourself, then you're just going... And I did that for over a decade. I was like, oh, I'll do this this month, and I'll do that. And if somebody asked me why, there was never... an answer for it. But if you assess yourself and somebody says, well, why are you doing that? Well, you've got a good answer. You can say, well, I did an assessment and this showed up as being- Yeah, in- but
1: most people don't even have that in, their, in the realm of their thought process when they were, I mean, I'm just, ju- ju- go back to, and Richie can chime into this because um, he's worked in gyms before, he's worked out in gyms before he met us. When you walk into a gym, how do you choose what you do? You look at what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Usually it's like, what, what you might be graced with a, a, a training buddy.
0: You ask somebody that and know, then it, that's been there for longer than you and say, what do you do? And then they tell you, and yeah. then you go, oh, I don't and try it's, that. And it's generally always... Or you watch YouTube these days and it's then you gen, come in
1: and... Well, nowadays there's a lot more information than when I started out at a gym, so maybe it's a bit easier now. But you generally go and do what you want to look good, right? Like you go, okay, I, uh, I'm going to...
0: Hit the hit the
1: weights and
0: well, not necessarily. That was your goals, but so you are that you you have your goal and then you go and do what you think is going to achieve that goal. Yeah. So yes, most people want to look better. That's probably the driving factor for most for the average person that goes to the gym. So that's what a lot of people do. But there are people that go to the gym for a different goal and do the wrong thing, pursuing a different goal than looking good. You know, yeah. like there's people that.
2: Can I get my two Y's in there? Yeah. So, from a physio standpoint, like it's very important to, if you're going to make an intervention, you want to know that that intervention works. So, you know, in our case, it's like often treatment sort of stuff, but I'm definitely more on the exercise side of things. So, you want to have a look at um, where the body is at the beginning, and then you want to do an intervention and then see if there's a change. And yeah. like, just because there is change, it doesn't always mean that the change came from the things that you think it came from. But it's a good sort of bit of feedback as to whether or not you're d- you're on the right track and what you're doing. Um, so that definitely applies for um, uh, you know just general training as well. And I think f- tackling you know that motivation piece that, that Lee came up with, like if you can assess at the beginning and then have set kind of times where you reassess then that's a great way of dealing with motivation for training if you can see that there is like objective progress so um that would be my kind of two big reasons as to why the why is so important
1: yeah i haven't even got to the 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 the, the means to track progress yet or i'm i'm trying to pre-frame what The majority of people don't do which is to take into consideration how the body functions and how what's going to optimize the body as opposed to make the body look a certain way because if you do strip back the the primary reason why people go to gyms it's as it's for aesthetic reasons it's either to lose weight or to gain weight Mm -hmm. most people aren't going there for athletic performance at least in the beginning
2: yeah I think like in the Unity Gym community like people are yeah but we're different yeah exactly we're we're very different we're talking to them
1: (laughs) well I don't know we're we're, we're talking to 3,000 people around
0: the world who are
1: yeah, we're, I would like to know. A hell
0: of a lot more than three thousand people. That's just the people that are in this group. Yeah, that's right. That's I would like to know.
1: I'm really um, keen to know. How do you select what exercises you do when you go to the gym? Like what? Because there's yeah, a lot of people here. We, that, we've got
0: a lot of people on the live stream here. Let us know what what. Please, what, please let, what let us know what is the thought process behind the exercises that you do in your training yeah. what caused you to select those exercises that, that
1: would have been a good question of the day I reckon yep. so um I mean, that's all right that's all right <laughs> <laughs> you did well you did
0: well bloody hell Phil. Yeah.
2: I just but, still but kind of want to know what uh, uh Jada's assessment like what that assessment protocol was so yeah all right so uh, should we get
0: into a little bit of
1: the how well yeah in 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 a sec in in one moment um the reason the 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 reason why um I think this is important is because I think it's important to acknowledge, yeah, what, what will um, – th- this is the, just a, k- a quick little sneak peek. This is exactly what our UMS online coaching subscription is. All it really is is an assessment protocol to teach people how to know what their body needs to perform at the highest level rather than just guess what they're what they should be doing you know mm-hmm. and if you strip it right back other than the fact that you get every one of our programs yeah, included I mean, well,
2: you get 32 programs yeah so. <laughs> you get
1: you get access to everything but the the secret source of the ums is the uh, ums structural balance blueprint and that's what we don't allow, we don't sell as a standalone product because it's had so much research gone into it and that's really what we kind of protect. That's our, I guess, our IP. But we're going to, we're going to give you that this week on this series. We're going to tell you exactly what it is. But this is, this really intrigues me because I I know from my experiences that I just used to go there and do what my friends told me to do or what we, it was almost like random. Oh, it's, it's it's leg day today, day. So we do lots of quads, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Anyway. Okay. So the, uh, the what we, we um, break down into uh, uh, three, if not four different assessments. First and foremost is length tension, which is ch- uh, assessing flexibility and range of motion. And that is uh, generally what we used to, when I was doing very clinical st- uh, strength and conditioning, that was what we did first, because that gives you a series of red flags that can predict if you push something, like for instance in a squat, if you don't have a certain range of movement in the hamstrings, then you're mo- more likely to get excessive butt wink and you're more likely to struggle in that squat. Uh, if you don't have a certain um, length, ten- uh, length in the uh, dorsiflexion of the ankles, you're going to have to adjust your foot stance and things like that. You know. So we used to take people through a series of uh, length tension assessments first, and then we would do our flexibility test, which is the overhead squat test. Do
2: mm-hmm.
1: so you want to go through what we do next?
0: Yeah, well, that's a, that, that is a part of what we do, but then the, um, a, a massive part is to test the balance, of the structural balance between movements, certain strength training movements. And we have 15 different movements that we do that assess. It's all based off a, a bench press and a back squat. Um, and it's It's come from our friend, Tony Batagi, who's a um, PhD holder and just an unbelievably- um, Who adopted it from Charles Poliquin and a bunch of other people, yeah. Who basically has read so many peer-reviewed studies and has worked with some of the top strength and conditioning coaches and knows them and worked with Olympic athletes and has looked at the data and put it together into something that is a usable assessment protocol that personal trainers like us can use. And then we've taken that and adopted it into our UMS. And it's basically, you know, once you get what your your maximum weight that you can lift for a squat and a bench press for six reps, there's 13 other lifts that are all should be a certain percentage of each of those lifts. And then whether they are out or in balance tells you where the areas of your body that you need focus on. And we have, tremendous success with it. When you look at what our members at the gym that have been doing this for, for just six months, you see the change in their bodies, it's unbelievable. People go from not being able to do one or two reps of the weight that they're meant to be able to lift for a, you know external rotation or whatever it is, to, to being really strong. And you see the change that happens in them, in their physique, in the way that they can stand, in the way that they move. Um, and yeah, this is a, 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 it's, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing, amazing process, you know? So you
1: jumped into what I want to talk about on Thursday more so, but what I'm trying to preface right now is why, where the assessments came from and why to, why to do them, you know? Um, because there's a lot of research and you always like to just say Tony Bataji, but he didn't make any of it up. He's just following the research. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. As are we, and then adapting it to our program. That's what's so good
0: about Tony is that he's just objective with what he does. So he just takes what the other people have researched and then shares it with the world. Yeah. um, Which is really cool. Um, Guys, we're going to, I can see that a couple of you are asking questions here. Um, I just want to answer Sarah's question real quickly. Sarah Roberts says, Do you guys offer one off assessments in North Sydney gym for people around Sydney that are doing the program online? We offer better than that, Sarah, which is. For those of you that are doing the program online, we allow you to come in either for drop-in sessions with us or to do a week of training. And if you are able to ever come in just for one week when we do assessment week, I think you'd get a lot out of that. Yeah, you know? that's to be able right. to do it with us, you could do it with me or with Richard. Um, for a week. So if that's something that you want to do, you can um, ask the question or send me a personal message, and we'll. Sarah, we'll talk I about am that.
1: going to answer your question shortly about the weight increase uh, increments because it does tie in with what we're talking about here. But um, uh, I want to go a little bit deeper into where the. Um the structural balance blueprint comes from. You know, it's it's not um, fluke. And there are a few variables that differ, um, which I want to sort of pre-frame. We train people to become strong, flexible and athletic, to build a foundation that can then be used in any sporting application whatsoever. And we've trained uh, professional football players. We've trained uh, I know in America, we we say football is as like rugby league. But and then soccer over here, but we've trained both, so soccer and uh, rugby league, which is kind of AFL, rugby league, um, rugby union. Uh, we've got lots of different rugbys, footballs over here. It's not like NFL. Uh, uh, but we've we've trained people from all of those sports at elite levels and at sort of uh, weekend warrior levels, and uh, and they all carry the strength over and that's kind of what i like to do with athletes is build strong flexible athletic bodies and then they go on and hone those skill uh, their their specific skills in a sport but there are a few variables that change the ratio of our assessment um, in the in the literature. Some of the strength coaches will steer towards doing a slightly heavy um, uh, pulling pattern if they're training uh, a rower or something like that, and uh, and and vice versa. But the the protocols that we've adopted, we adopted because. The the research indicates that people that train under this pro, uh, uh, this protocol perform at a much higher level in general across all sports and at a much lower risk of injury and that's the reason why we do it mostly. It also is what Phil tipped on. It provides a really really good means to continually um, assess and progress. You know, rather than just sort of guessing, as Rad said. Um, and potentially really mucking up the way your body functions, it's a really nice thing to do to base your uh, success off becoming more balanced as opposed to just becoming really good at one thing, bench press, or really good at one thing, looking good in the mirror, uh, you, you, you're you becoming really, really balanced and and high-functioning and, and a lot less chance of uh, stuffing yourself up.
0: You it's know, a, It's actually really, really quite amazing for me to see the culture shift in our gym since we started doing this, because we only started doing our testing protocol in Unity Gym. I, 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 we, we were doing it last year, weren't we, Richie, towards end of last year yeah yeah so it would have couldn't have been much more than a year that we've been doing it in the gym whereas yanni and i have known how to do it for over a decade um but we just didn't really think of a way to do it in 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 group training because we we just had this fear that it wasn't really what people wanted that people just wanted to come to the gym and smash themselves and we got over that and thought stuff it we're going to cater for people the way that we know is a better way to train and the culture that it's created like when i see our members and they they're so driven to create this balance like they do their testing week and they uncover an imbalance and they come up to me and ask me so what do i do now how do i do this and i teach them how to cater the program to their individual needs and you see the motivation that they have you know, on, on leg day when they're doing their unilateral movements to get rid of their unilateral imbalances or whatever it is. Like it's, you know, when they start doing squats twice a week because their deadlift is twice the strength of what it should be in relation to their squats, you know, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, it's a, it's, a really, it's a really cool culture shift from going to other gyms where people are, you know, their benchmark for success is always, you know, can they reduce the time that they can do this hectic circuit workout or whatever it is, you know, um, which you feel
2: like they're wiped out and yeah, yeah, that's right at the end. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
2: which is, you know,
0: uh, like we spoke about that yesterday, not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, it is really cool to see people benchmarking success with how balanced their body is, you know, and, um, Aiden's, um, had a uh, a good question here that just ties into what I'm saying, which is obviously it depends on the severity of the imbalances. But typically, how many mesocycles to get to an optimal balanced range across all exercises? That's like saying how long's a piece of string, yeah? Um, because it totally depends on the individual. And I've seen like I like the two most common imbalances that I've seen in people. This is this is my personal opinion, and you guys tell me what you see. One is that people, a lot of people, have a really poor squat. Um, and it takes them a, quite a while to be able to develop a range of motion that allows them to lift a heavy weight with, you know, w- with confidence. And that takes time for people. And the other one is, is really poor shoulder um, range of motion, which prevents them from doing a lot of um, heavy shoulder movements and you have you see some people that are really good in the upper body but have a really bad squat and then you see some people that are really good in their squat but not great in their upper body and then sometimes you see people that are balanced between the two and so what i like to say aiden is this is my personal opinion and i say this a lot um, and yanni and phil don't always agree with me my personal opinion is I like to say, if you've got an imbalance, give it six months, like set yourself in your mind, I'm going to work on this for six months and I'm going to do several mesocycles where I change variables, but with the focus to try and fix this imbalance. And I think you can see a really, really big change in an imbalance um, in three to six months. And and that's my personal opinion. What do you guys think? Three mesocycles is the minimum.
1: And that's what we used to get taught by Charles. Charles was very, very polarizing with this. He used to say, if you can't fix an issue in three mesocycles, and his mesocycles for an elite level person were three weeks, and for an average person, four to six weeks. he used to say, "You're, you're a shit coach mm. if you can't sort it out in, in three mesocycles." But he was very polarizing, and he the was used to with that as well, elite-level That's people. what I was just about
0: to say. You know, you're only you're only as good as the person that you're training, as well. Because yeah. Some, you know, you can. It's like they're saying you can lead a horse to water, but only the horse can drink it. Yeah. And I've had some people where I've given them some advice and watched them run with it and just make the most phenomenal change that, in, the in o- three mesocycles. But
1: the, the other thing yeah. I should fr- uh, uh, state that is that you know they were training people in a one-on-one. Uh, environment and usually there was no limitation to money so that 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 individual would be either sponsored to train with them or or be able to pay to train with them every single day in a one-on-one environment where they could really dial things in Uh, it wasn't a group environment but I, I would say 12 months 12 months. But here's the thing, Aidan, there's a, there's a caveat to your question. You will never, I don't believe anyone will ever be perfectly structurally balanced. It's it's, it's you, you, That's not the reason for it. The reason for this is to train in a manner that is steering you in that direction as opposed to training in a manner that's steering you away from that direction, mm-hmm. which everyone else is doing if you're yeah. not doing this.
2: Couldn't agree and,
1: more. and what's that?
2: I was just going to say my um, thoughts on like how long it should take is, obviously it's going to be really variable but one thing that like when talking about total times like if you've got to take technique into account because you could be hammering away at doing an exercise in a certain way um but if you haven't learned how to do the lift in the most efficient sort of way then you're going to be severely limited by the technique rather than your actual true expression of strength. Yeah, and yeah. like I saw that very much with me when I first started squatting. Like I just could not get my head around squats. I just felt like I was dying every time I did them. Like, you would get stuck at the bottom and just stress out as soon as I started to get heavy and then um, I remember, <laughs> went in and we started I working with like days, a strength yeah. coach and it was just like a few little technique cues that like, you know, thinking about how to tighten my upper body so that when I push my legs, my, the rest of my body actually went up. And then in a session, I went and put like 20 kilos on the squat and, and started to enjoy them instead of struggling with them. So like, it's, it's so key to sort of think about there's all these different aspects that we always talk about that, like with your programming principles and all the other things testing um, that impact your progression, but you've got to try and realize that Um, like what it which part is the thing that's limiting you and if it's a technique thing then no amount of hammering away is going to change that you've got to kind of get that addressed and that's why we have Facebook groups where you can post videos yeah especially online coaching where we do the Friday coaching call and and really look at analyze everyone's analyze in great detail but you know work with a coach work with someone in the gym who's doing things really well watch what they're doing and when I train my clients and um, had a really you know great sort of bit of success this morning with a client who like every session, I would, like every lift he does, I ask him like, what are you thinking about to improve on what like your last set? And so, and now he's coaching himself because he can identify all these things. So you've got to be really intentional and you've got to take that kind of growth and learning mindset to your technique and always be striving to do it better.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, In-print. the-, the you, you know we're out of time, I right? do know, but I want to spend a couple more minutes on this because there's a few important uh, um, comments in here. And also, I want to talk about the concept of assessing when you don't have a strategy of using the data that you get from the assessment, yeah. which is yeah, a yeah, real yeah. thorn in my side um first and foremost a couple of people have jumped in sharon lynn and said com- went to, to to the question of the day compound movements uh, how, do you, uh, how, how do you or how, how do you, you select, select exercises sharon said compound movements deadlift squats because I, w- I was trying to get strong nick blair said i do strength exercises that support my running uh, and this is sort of exactly what i'm talking about there's no kind of method to the madness with the
0: majority of people no, if you don't yeah. have and those are those are good answers those are yeah, really good answers. like i'm saying yeah. that yeah. i'm that i'm doing this because it's these goals but there's no assessment there there's no yeah yeah, the,
1: you're just you're sort of guessing exactly yep. what Rad said. You, if yep. you're not assessing, you're only guessing. Uh, the um, just quickly through, I, I really just want to quickly answer this because Sarah asked this in the group and it's important to her. She said she's she's starting with only one kilo dumbbells in the foundations program because she wants to dial in the technique. And she's asked what uh, for for a bunch of the movements, and she's asked how she should progress the weight. Uh, like what kind of increments should she jump up each time. Now, first and foremost, Sarah, if you're still listening, uh, we recommend when you're starting on quite a low weight like that, we recommend actually picking <coughs> up some um, half kilo wrist weights, uh, ankle or wrist weights. You can get them on eBay or Amazon
0: for very, uh, only a few bucks. Half because and one, you'd need half kilo and one And, and well, yeah, it because depends. That's- well, otherwise you go from five to seven and a half or you can go five, five and a half, seven and a half. But yeah, if it depends. One, well, if, sh- if
1: she's got one kilos, I'm assuming she's got one to 10 oh, in okay. one kilo yeah, yeah, yeah. increments. Right. Yep. The problem yeah. is yeah. going from one to two is a 50%, perc- is a hundred percent increase in weight. And that's what you've got to look at. You know, when you're going, when you're dealing with small increments like that, you can probably go up by 50%, but mm. going up by a hundred percent each time, or you'll go from one to two, that's a hundred percent increase. Then you'll go from two to three. That's another 50% increase. You've got to start bringing it down because eventually you only really want to be increasing weight by... 10 15 20 percent each time uh, so I would recommend getting some of those wrist weights and yeah look what uh, one of the guys in the group said is you've also got to be careful with starting too light because yeah, Dave this
2: comment yeah, it's spot on it is spot on
1: you, you you do want to make sure that you're getting the correct amount of stimulus or enough stimulus to, to yield a good response from the body uh, I know that like dialing in technique we talk about it
0: a lot it's really important but um, you don't want to take it too far you right. know I've got two cents there um, there, you, you need to first focus on the right movement and the right technique and for a lot of people that does require dialing back the weight but then once you've got that you've got to remember that weightlifting is meant to be challenging it, it, if it doesn't challenge you if you don't get feel quite challenged within the rep range that you're prescribed then it's not creating the adaptation that you want yeah. and you've got it to remember it doesn't that. challenge yeah. you it doesn't change yeah, you
2: but just make sure yeah, you, when you are using the lightweights to learn injury uh, sorry learn the technique and you're practicing you've got to like pretend that it's the heaviest weight you can possibly because you mm. see people when they end up doing kind of one two kilo stuff they'll just be you know, yeah so yeah, just yeah flopping the weights too. around you've got to like if you're going to go that light treat it like a rehearsal use your like all the th- principles around you know embracing with breath and all of that stuff yeah. like and use that as a time to start automating those processes so that as you start to build up the weight like you will yeah. be prepared for it because yeah. if you just get used to lightweight, and then you yeah. try and yeah. add yeah, 100%. 100%. Scott
1: progress. West has uh, put a comment here that I'm quite intrigued by. He says, I'm going through your strength assessment spreadsheet now. My overhead press is terrible. Not sure what the next step is. I'll join the UMS soon enough. I'm first of all intrigued to what strength assessment spreadsheet you're talking about if you're not in the UMS.
0: Yeah, we don't make that available to people. It may have been that ages ago we... Uh, we did make the structural balance blueprint available to, like it was part of some of our flash sales, and we decided to stop. Stop doing, doing that. that. Okay, so yeah. he might have been one of the lucky people that got yeah, in yeah, you're very, before, very lucky. But this is this to highlights
1: US. my last final take-home note, which is that an assessment protocol is freaking useless and kind of a waste of time if you don't have a strategy to deploy the data that you get from the assessment. And this is one of the things I dislike about or I frown out with a lot of personal trainers, me included. In the past, I used to over assess people and then just collect that data and do nothing with it. And yep. we had a little dig yesterday on the show uh, about an assessment process that Jada went and, and, and received that gave her this this thing that she was concerned about but with no strategy or no means to deploy the data and actually make it useful and uh and that just annoys the crap out of me like scott um scott in the ums this is what the whole program is built on we first bring people through our foundations program which is about learning the form and technique of and basic principles of programming uh that the whole sets reps uh tempo rest intervals variables all the different variables of overload that we use we want to get you confident and familiar with the program structure first, how we group and select exercises together, how we use primary movements, supplementary movements, and complementary movements through the program. And once we've got that, we get you into what we call the progressions program, which is the process of assessment. And then we go through a mesocycle and use the data from the assessments to choose the movements that you focus on for your mesocycle and that's really in 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 a nutshell what the ums online coaching is and then we we meet with everyone on a weekly basis to fill them in on where we're at in the cycle and uh analyze people's videos that they put in of their movements and help them with their programming mm-hmm. so if you're using that spreadsheet and you're not really knowing where to go with it you've got to get yourself into that uh, online coaching group brother
0: We'll tell you exactly where to go with it. Um, we, we are going to go a little bit deeper into this though through the week. So everybody stick around because this is going to be the topic of the week. Um, so you're going to get you're gonna learn a lot this week about this stuff. Yeah. He's also asked what should be the ratio of bench press to back squat. Uh, the two of them are not... They're unrelated. They're unrelated but based on the idea that I had validated by bass that i've then that i've l- heard from other people that have a lot of skin in the game which is that a good number for a generalist is 150 percent body weight uh, bench press for one rep and a 200 percent body weight back, back squat, squat for one rep the difference would be that your bench would be 25% less than what your back squat is. Yeah. But though, that's yeah. a really
2: quite heavy. But, like, you know, yeah. Th- but the, this is. So like if you could start 100 lifting it, yeah. Yes. yeah. But the 25%. Were, thing. Yeah. If
0: yeah. you were balanced and you could do a body weight back squat, and you weighed 100 kilos, then a 75 kilo bench press would be pretty good. Yeah, pretty good, you know? yeah.
1: And this is where also it comes into what is your goals and what sport are you playing, you know? Like mm-hmm. a, a, a football player is gonna get a lot more benefit out of a big squat than a big bench press, you know? And, and there's just di- different, yeah, different, Different ways you can go about it. Uh, Lee Clements started doing mixed sets, some at heavier and some lighter. I'm not sure what the context around that is. Uh, Lee Clements is saying hybrid with a question mark. Mix sets, I think. Mix sets, okay, yeah. A hybrid set is where you blend two um, uh, progressions together to complete the amount of volume required to get the workout done properly. How do I build and stretch my traps properly? God, that's a loaded question. Yep. Uh, overhead pressing, by far, in my opinion, is the best trap exercise because it's a movement. It's not isolating an uh, area of the body. F- 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 the F- up- the
2: easy question. like Build your shoulders in a like systematic sort of way. Yep. Vertical push-pull, horizontal push-pull. Your traps are tight because they're probably uh, being... This like shoulder system is not working efficiently and so you start to get kind of grip and mm-hmm. control with your traps instead of the upper traps instead of yeah. um, with all of the axioscapular muscles. So if you develop a a balanced training approach uh, with vertical push pull and horizontal push pull as is in the UMS system um, yeah. and then do the supplementaries with a like r- bit of stabilizing work then that'll sort itself out. Like 100%. Don't don't treat the symptom, treat treat the (laughs) Treat the system and yeah. yeah, yeah. It'll sort itself
0: out. Yep, awesome. Fantastic, that's uh, pretty much it. Yeah, Yeah, thanks guys. We're gonna go deeper into this uh, tomorrow, Thursday and Friday, so stick around because it is a good topic. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're gonna have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever.
1: The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the
0: consistency and frequency that's gonna get you there, it's not the intensity.